Last week we talked about and reflected upon just how extravagant our God is. Blowing us away sometimes when we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Today we want to focus on just how faithful our God is. We're going to hear personal testimonies today because I believe it's very important that we hear one another's stories that we learn from one another, that we have witness to our faith. So I want to start by reading from Hebrews 12. And this is all about our faithful God. Hebrews 12, starting at the very beginning of that chapter. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, Stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Looking away from all that will distract us. Focusing our eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, sat at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. Just consider and meditate on him. He who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself, consider it all in comparison with your trials, so that you will not grow weary and you will not lose heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First, I'm going to call up David Johnston. If you'll just come and grab the mic and his wife, Denise, is going to come and sit with him as he shares how God's been working in his life and testify to the fact that we have a very faithful God. All right. Uh, thank you, Joanne, um, and Denise for being up here. I have um, really been prayerfully considering uh, how to communicate uh, how good God has been. Um, and that song, that good, good Father, good gracious, what a what truth uh, in music. Um, I, I traveled. Uh, in the car a good bit this week, and I put that song, that very song on repeat and listened to it for four hours. It's, a, it's an amazing song. He is a good father. Um, could we just go to the Lord in prayer for a moment? Heavenly Father, we just uh, come to you today with um, hearts of gratitude, and you are a good father. Lord, I just ask that in these next few moments that um, your truth, the exact truth that you would have us to hear would prevail and that your goodness and your provision would be the message, and that the characters of the story would fade into the background. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Joanne had asked if I would just share uh, a couple of recent events in the, in the life of our business. Um, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't share that uh, in 2003, we uh, moved to town and joined this church after like one visit. Alan Rainwater, as y'all might remember, came by our home and, and closed the deal like in 10 minutes. Uh, Alan was that kind of guy. And uh, our children, Hayes and Lindy, have grown up in this church. And Denise's parents, Glenn and Ladon, moved here. And it's always good to get some good Baptist uh, in a Methodist church because y'all know where to go in the Bible to, like, find the, find the right scripture. And, um, but we're grateful that we uh, have been part of this church. And to you, our church family, has just been a real blessing to us. I grew up in the trucking business. My father worked for a truck line. I've always loved trucks. I always loved freight. I've loved logistics. I love getting stuff from point A to point B. Some call it a passion. Some call it an illness. But I love the movement of goods and the challenges that come with getting things where they're supposed to go. Uh, had worked with several large carriers um, in different places in the country and worked in technology and then had this uh, desire uh, to go out on my own and, and start in a consulting business and uh, was very blessed, very fortunate to um, start a business about 12 years ago. Um, and we've had some good years and we've had some real lean, challenging years and it's tested our faith as a family, um, not only work-wise but income-wise. And so things were rocking along for about five years and then I, I was introduced to a gentleman and um, he shared that, that same passion about logistics, and we became business partners. And for the next seven years, uh, well, we had a lot of just great um, opportunities, met a lot of good people. Um, he was very instrumental in uh, us um, giving our business to the Lord and self-proclaiming a faith-based business. Um, and during that time, we were able to... Um, to, to start another business together um, that thankfully um, was, has been able to grow, has been blessed, and actually some, some people, Julie and Annie, um, are, are part of that business. And I'm grateful for the, the two of you uh, for being part of that. We love you. But last year, uh, our business, um, our consulting business, came under attack, uh, what I believe to be a direct attack of the enemy. And through the course of some circumstances, some situations, um, and, and quite frankly, um, to speak truth, uh, some, some poor leadership decisions by my partner put our business in a position um, that could take it under. That was Labor Day weekend. And so the next few months, um, like any of you would, um, I began trying to figure out how are we going to get out of this? How are we going to overcome this? How are we going to go around this or through this? And um, I began plotting and scheming and strategizing. Uh, and I'm not saying any of y'all would do that, but uh, I was trying to figure out how to save the business. This has been doing this for, for 11 years. How do we save this? And I hung on to a scripture, uh, Jeremiah 29:11 during that time, and I'm going to read it because each word in this particular verse is, is what I hung on to. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That scripture was written on a tablecloth in 2010 at the Walk to Emmaus by Stephen Ward uh, during a luncheon. And I read that, and that verse has stuck with me since 2010. Little did I know I would need it some five years later. But during this time of an absolute challenge in business, I realized that my hiring an attorney and his attorney and us battling back and forth and my plotting and scheming and strategizing, trying to figure all this out, was really no different than the decisions that he made to put us in that position. Because if we're not operating with God's intent in our life, you know, one sin's no different than any other. And there was this challenge, and I kept praying, God, just, you know, what is your plan? What, what do you have for us? And the beauty of, of how he works is it really enabled me to, to spend time with Denise and my family seeking counsel. And it drew us very close together. And, and her counsel was amazing. And it was, it was godly, it was timely, and it, was, um, it held me accountable. But it drew us closer together around the business, something that we had always just kind of taken for granted in our respective roles. But then on November 20th, and this has been going on for a few months, and attorneys have been battling back and forth, I get a phone call from a friend in Birmingham, and he said his pastor had been deathly ill in the hospital, and people had come to, to pray for him, laid hands on him, and praying for healing, and he wasn't getting it. And he didn't understand. I mean, you pastors are supposed to overcome everything, right? <laughs> and he said, and my pastor began to pray for transformation in his own heart. And he was healed. And he was healed. And he shared that with me on November 20th. Praise God. And, and Annie, that the team was waiting for Thanksgiving lunch. And I said, Randy, thank you for that information. I said, you have, this is a message. And that day, as I held on to Jeremiah 29, 11, I began praying for transformation of my own heart. Don't take away the burden until you're ready for me to get right. And, of course, you all know the rest of the story, right? Because he's a good, good father. A few weeks later, we were able to sit down, work everything out, and we ended up closing the business. And that's okay. Because God has provided other ways. And I'm still doing exactly what I did before. I'm, I'm still in the logistics business. And God actually resurrected my original company from years ago. And that has just, that's been a blessing. And, and the great thing is, not only has he just worked on me and been so faithful to me through the situation, but he has enabled us, my, my former partner and I, to still be friends. And we don't dodge each other when we're crossing the street. And we are able to see God's hand in our business. And I just want to thank 
just all of you during this time, I would hear a song here. I would hear a message. I would have a dinner. Um, I would hear something from one of our children, one of my in-laws. Just the messages that came from God during this time told me that he is an abundant and he is an extravagant, extravagant God that loves us. He does not want to cause us harm. He does want to prosper us. He is a good, good father. Amen. understand what I'm about to say. I'm very busy. And all I've been thinking all week is, how am I going to start this? So I have like eight different ways that I can start talking about this. And I guess I'm going to have to make a decision now what I'm going to say. Um, Anybody who's ever talked to me, anybody who knows me, knows that with me, you get what you see. I'm totally honest. I really, like, no holes barred. You, yeah, yeah. You, you get what you see. If it's, if it's bad, I'm sorry. If it's good, then, you know, that's great, too. Um, me getting up here talking all started Sunday. i got to use my platform for just a minute. Started Sunday talking to my life group. Life group, people. Life group. Get in a life group. Um, yeah. Like, do you notice my whole life group, like, pretty much sits together? Like, we all sit together and hang out together. Um, get in a life group. So anyways, I went to my life group on Sunday, and I was like, you know what? For the past couple months, I literally can't stop thinking about this. I cannot stop thinking about the fact that this church is lacking in such a huge, ugly, ugly way. Um, I'm going to warn you guys, the atmosphere in here is probably going to get really uncomfortable. Yes, I want, I want you to think about why it's getting dark, and I want you to think about why it's getting uncomfortable. Because um, it's unfortunate that it does. But... My story starts many, many years ago. I was born into a family. There's five of us, and my mom and dad are awesome. Um, Many of you know my dad. He looks like Santa Claus. If you've missed him, you'll see him again this Christmas in full garb. Um, But I come from a huge family, huge Southern family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know all my cousins. Um, But in that, one of my cousins had kind of a dark side, and whenever I was three, took it upon himself to molest me. And I really, honestly, I'm one of the lucky ones. I'm really one of the lucky ones, because I live in a family, and I have parents that took it upon themselves to listen. They didn't tell me anything bad. They didn't tell me I needed to go talk to somebody. They didn't tell me that, I don't know, I'd done something bad or anything like that. All I ever heard was, oh, you're the victim, you're the victim, you're the victim, you're the victim. So I grew up my whole life knowing I'm the victim, I'm the victim. Um, And I truly, with my entire heart, believe it's not, am I shaking? I think I'm I'm actually nervous about talking to you guys. Um, I'd, I'd heard, like I said, my whole life that you're the victim. But I believe in my heart of hearts, you don't have a right not to forgive somebody. 
I think that whenever God put himself down here and killed himself for us, that that right was taken away from us to hold a grudge and to not allow us to forgive somebody. Um, So I'm a firm believer that it is your responsibility. It is part of who you are to forgive somebody for something that they've done. So I lived my whole life knowing that, yes, I've forgiven him. Yes, I'm the victim. Never understood that part of this whole process was forgiving myself. So it took me 15 years to finally learn and figure out that part of this process is forgiving yourself. Part of it is saying, Stephanie, it's okay that this happened. Like, it wasn't your fault. And you couldn't have done anything to prevent it. The reason why I'm kind of talking about it now, and I guess the reason why it's been so heavy on my heart, is because I come to church sometimes, and I feel like this dark presence. Um, Which leads me to this. I'm a math person and a science person. Zane's an engineer. I'm a scientist. I, I, I teach science. I like numbers a lot and statistics a lot. So I wrote down these statistics, and I really want you guys to listen to these and, like, take them in in context. So, Joanne, how many people are usually in here? 150. Call it 150 people, okay? Out of 150 people, one in five women in this room has been molested as an adult woman. One in 71 men have. One in four girls are molested before they're 18. Okay, of those, one-third of them are related to their abuser. Okay, one in six boys are molested before they're 18. Um, Again, one in a third of women that are molested as a child are then molested as adults. We live in the society where all of a sudden this tension that we feel in here is because, like, we don't talk about it. This is taboo. This is something that just shouldn't be talked about. And that's wrong. That's really, really wrong. That's something that needs to be fixed. And honestly, in my life group, we had a guest on Sunday. And whenever I brought it up, Joanne was like, you got to come talk about this. I said earlier that I was one of the lucky ones. One of the other reasons, truthfully, that I was one of the lucky ones is Zane. Zane and I have been together now for almost 11 years. And have known each other even longer than that. And our very first date at Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, at Taco Bell. We were poor. He told me I could have whatever I wanted there. It was good. Yeah, we splurged. Um, it was good. At our very first date, I sat down and I said, oh, yeah, da, 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 yeah. Because, like I said, we've known each other since middle school. And but didn't know each other, like, really intimately. And I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I was molested. Because, was it? It really doesn't make that big a difference. Um, <laughs> but anybody, like I said, anybody who knows me knows this about me. Like, tell me, tell me this wasn't one of the first things you guys found out about me, really. It's, it's just one of those, like, I have no shame about it, I, which is why I'm shocked that I'm even nervous talking about it. But I think the reason why I'm nervous talking about it is because I know there's women sitting right here listening to me right now that have dealt with this and have gone through this and have nobody to talk to. And that sucks. That is awful. And that is something that the church, that we as the body should be fixing and that we should be doing. We should be providing for these women and telling these people and these boys, these men that have gone through this, we should be telling these people, screw society. 
Screw society. You don't need to be. You don't need to play by their rules. Honestly, you need to play by ours. And our rules say, we love you. You need to love yourself, and you need to love your predator. Whether or not you're okay with that, you've got to learn to love your predator and be okay with where you're at in your life and be okay with where they're at in their life. So all of this goes back to, um, we were talking, and years, years later, I mean, like, we, we were probably already engaged, and somebody had mentioned at one point, oh, well, if you could change this, would you change it? And I asked Zane about it later. I was like, if you could change this about me, would you? And I'll, I'll let you tell him. I said no. <laughs> no, I had a very, I guess, defined reason for it. I was like, okay, you know, this happened to you. This is a horrible, tragic thing that I would not wish on anyone. And it's, it's I don't know, it, it, was, it was difficult even for me, and I didn't go through it, so, it, you know, I can only imagine how traumatic it was for you as a child. But it's, it's part of the fabric of who she is as a person. And... I love who she is, and I appreciate who she is and everything about her. So I couldn't say, yes, I would change that about you because, I mean, who, who knows what that looks like? Who knows what that means? And not to say she wouldn't still be a great person. I still wouldn't love her, but, I mean, it's a part of her story, you know, and I love who she is. So I couldn't. Um, so that, like, shifted the paradigm for me. Honestly, at that point, it shifted everything because it dawned on me. I've grown up in this family where they've done nothing but support me, and now I'm in this marriage where he does nothing but support me. Like, I'm talking to Joanne about how we need this ministry here, and he's like, yeah, do it, you know? Yeah, sure, we've got all this stuff going on at home, but do that too. Um, <laughs> um, which is, it's great. And there's a lot of people here who don't have that. There's a lot of people here who have gone through something like this and have never talked to anybody about it. There's a lot of people who, whenever they've talked to people about it, their parents have turned a blind eye to it. There are people that whenever they've talked to their friends or their spouse about being molested or being raped, their spouse kind of goes, oh, well, in that case. And that's wrong. That's wrong, and that's not okay. Um, I actually also wrote down my, David kind of gave his life Bible verse. This is mine, and this is kind of the approach that I take um, with this and kind of the direction that I go with it. Um, It's Colossians 3, 12 through 17, so I'm going to warn you guys it's kind of long, okay? Um, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's, that's, I hope, I hope that sinks in. Because again, you have to learn to forgive. Whether or not you like the person. For my predator, honestly, he could, like, eat the dirt right now and I could care less. But the fact of the matter is, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is I've forgiven him and... I've dealt with the issue, and there's so many people who don't have that opportunity. Um, And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. 
Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. I don't believe that sometimes the church does this. I think that sometimes the church likes to just be a building and be a group of people who say that they believe, and then they don't, they don't get their hands in it, and they don't get dirty whenever they need to. Um, this is something that I believe needs to be addressed, and I hope, I hope that we pursue something with the ministry. I hope that it, I don't see it being a counseling thing, but I see it being kind of like AA, getting to come and just talk, like learning that you're not the only person out there. You're not the only person that's been hurt. Because um, my God, my God sitting across the table from me saying, sweetheart, I'm so sorry this happened. But let's figure this out together. He's not sitting back going, yeah, well, one day you'll figure out this plan. Like, one day you'll understand my plan, my master plan for you. Because this crap, this, this crap isn't part of a plan. This crap happens, and you deal with it. So, I guess, I guess that's my, my testimony. So much was said, and I know you heard exactly what God wanted you to hear. So I just am going to leave it. God is powerfully at work. God is a faithful God in whatever you have and are going through. And my only suggestion to you is that you wrestle with what you have heard. That you don't leave this place and leave alone what you have heard because God is working there are things that we need to do as the body of Christ there is healing and deliverance that needs to occur within your lives and God is willing and ready and able so we will leave it at that